down with these hoes. Wait no time. Let me dance, everybody to the being technical podcast once again i'm your host aaron bn where i'm being technical and not practical i appreciate y'all for taking time out your day to listen to this episode i do have a lot to cover I do got a lot of takes and some insights and what i'm technical about but before i dive in on this episode remember you can stream me on all platforms i am available on spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, even straight through the anchor app Remember to subscribe. You can also give me a five-star rating on on Apple or Spotify. Once again, you can also subscribe to my YouTube channel, Being Technical Podcasts. You can also go back and listen to previous episodes if you want to catch up and also want to hear about the other takes I had in our previous episodes. But we're going to move on with this episode, and I'd like to cover and uh, my take so far so far has been the NBA bubble. Ooh, I know everybody has been tuned in and been watching the NBA bubble. It has been some great basketball, I must say. Once again, big shout out to Adam Silver for making this happen. The greatest, best commissioner in all of sports. No offense, Roger Goodell. You're also a great commissioner. I'm a big fan of yours, but Adam Silver has you has every commissioner in all of sports beat. Just because of his innovative, proactive style, he is a player's commissioner and he sticks up for the players and does what he takes to make the league a, a more desirable. And, and you can tell the players are willing to play for this commissioner. A big shout out to Adam Silver making this NBA bubble possible. And f- as a sports fan, a basketball fan, like me and others, we like to sincerely thank you for making the bubble happen just because you proved me wrong. I was a huge doubter of the NBA bubble. Once again, you probably already know I was the one that I did preach that they should chalk it up, uh, wrap it up, and you know just cancel the season and try to start over next year, uh, hoping uh, the restrictions in a lot of states were lifted, you know, let fans into the arena. But they made the bubble work. It's been some great basketball, and we have not been disappointed one bit you still see the desire the competitive nature in these players willing to win and it to the players this is nothing new because a lot of them grew up in the the AAU circuit you know they're all used to playing in confined arenas and combined environments playing in multiple game tournaments so to the players it's nothing they're used to this already it's not like they've never played in front of fans before i know that they're professional athletes now so they've been playing at the highest level they're used to playing in packed arenas getting into intense basketball they're used to you know hostile crowds but they they still they it's not like they've never played in these kind of environments before they have and you can tell that they have not let their competitiveness go away. They've been playing outstanding basketball. And you can tell with the five months off, guys are fresher. Guys are in more shape. They're slimmer. And it's like they, a lot of them have been working on their games. So once again, big shout out to Adam Silver. You gave the people what they wanted. We've all been tuned in to all the games. And... 
this this the, the unique thing about this bubble is like everybody there's no advantage it, it's neutral there's no there's no home court there's no there's no fans there's no biased officiating fans officials even officials NBA officials have not been swayed by you know sometimes let's say if you're out you know on on the road you might not get as many calls and you're starting to see the refs are playing. They're not. They're not picking favorites. They're not super superstar biased. Everybody's been getting foul calls. Everybody. They've been letting the guys play. So I must say it has been remarkable basketball. And also, another thing you started to notice because a lot of these games have been high scoring. This because nobody has to travel for any games. Everybody's in the same venue. Nobody's getting on planes. Nobody has to travel. Everybody has the same advantage. There's no home court advantage. And that's why I think this year's NBA bubble, when the champion is crowned, we are going to know this is the best team. The best team is going to win this championship because there's no other obstacle that could sway the competitive balance. There's no home court. There's none of that, and that's why I think this is probably the the most intriguing NBA playoffs in in history. This might be the first year we see a true champion. This is the only year that, I swear to God, I think anybody can win the championship. Any one of these teams can upset a top seed. Any one of these teams can beat anybody because, once again, everyone's healed. There's no injuries. Everyone's had the time off, and it's it's remarkable. Like I I honestly don't know who could pop. I mean, obviously they're your favorites, but nobody has a clear advantage because everybody's playing on the same court in front of the same people, and it is just a beautiful thing to watch. And I have been tuned in to all the games. Here, just and just think about that. to prove my theory. The Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns were bottom of the barrel team. They were they were a losing basketball, a losing team. And when they got into the bubble, they went eight and oh. Eight and oh the Phoenix Suns. I felt bad for this Phoenix Suns because they were playing probably the best basketball of all the teams. And they didn't get their chance to get into the playoffs. I know they only had eight games. They were just too far in the standings, but that is my theory. It's just imagine if that Phoenix Suns team would have gotten into the playoffs. Ooh, they could have wreaked havoc. Devin Booker showing why he's one of the best basketball players in the NBA. Balled out. Almost carried his team into the playoffs. Scoring 35-some points. Averaging 35-some points a game. And he, he fell short within like a half a game or a percentile. Of making the playoffs. Just think that the Phoenix Suns would have got into the NBA playoffs with with the momentum they were riding with. Oh, if they just spared them two more games, if they were just a little bit better in the regular season, just imagine if they would have got into the playoffs with that young nucleus, Devin Booker and Bridges. They had some heat. But maybe, is that maybe something they try to build on? 
Or is that just Devin Booker showcasing his ability, possibly be a trade candidate come the offseason? Because do we truly know if Devin Booker still wants to be in Phoenix? And I know they looked amazing in the bubble, but is that going to translate from when they have to go back and play uh, back to the regular NBA? They have to go on the road, play their home games. Is that going to correlate into next season? Are they going to carry that momentum? Or is Devin Booker saying, y'all see how good I am. Somebody come get me. Come get me out of here. And you saw Draymond, Draymond Green go on TNT, took a stupid, big, dumbass $50,000 fine. Damn, they be finding these guys $50,000. God damn. Imagine my my job told me, hey, Aaron, uh, you said some foul, some foul shit. You said some, you know, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna find you $50,000. Woo. I might have ran out that. I might have ran out that bill and would have never heard from me again. They find me fifty thousand dollars, but that's how the rest of the NBA. Maybe he spoke it publicly, but that's probably how a lot of the NBA, you know, players they think highly of Devin Booker. Maybe he goes to a better situation. Maybe they try to build on that, but they they might be a problem next season. But we'll see how we'll see how this how they carry that momentum over into the next season because who knows when the next season starts again, but they started out with some good basketball that I saw from the Phoenix Sun. I was very impressed. And speaking of Devin Booker, I think I was on Twitter and I saw Wolves fans saying they would not trade for Devin Booker. Wolves fans, first of all, you're idiotic. If they wanted if the Timberwolves had a chance to get Devin Booker and we had to give up assets and players to get Devin Booker and pair him with his BFFs, D'Lo and Carl Anthony Towns, we saw enough. You guys are idiotic for even saying such blasphemy, such, uh, such a blasphemous, blasphemous statement. Sorry, I'm over here, I'm getting riled up, can't even pronounce my words correctly. To even say you wouldn't take Devin Booker on your team. That that's enough there for me. So big shout out Devin Booker. And he wasn't even the best player in the bubble. Ah yes. You know what time it is. The best player in the bubble was Dame Jala. Damian Lillard was went on a run, a stretch. Like three games stretch from a man scored 50 points. So for all you people, including Skip Bayless, who says he's not an elite superstar, smack yourself, please. Because Damian Lillard showed y'all he belongs in that conversation with the best basketball players in the league. Dame Dalla cashing in, cashing that check, getting buckets, carried his team to the Blazers, uh, carrying the Blazers into the playoffs. And just think about it. Just a few, about a couple months ago, Dame, Dame Lillard almost didn't even play in the bubble. Didn't even want to play. He he basically said, if my team doesn't have a chance, I don't want to play. And they st- statistically had an opportunity to make the playoffs. Adam Silver, hey, say hey. Once again, Adam Silver convinced the Damian Lillard to play in the bubble, and he is not disappointed. Obviously, it started off a little rocky. Uh, it all really it all started with the with with Paul George and Beverly trying to clown him, and basically when he missed the two free throws, trying to clown him and saying one two three Cancun, 
And, you know, they took their shots back on IG. Dame Dollar said, you running, running team to team. You a buster. You ain't about to grind. And I think that woke up Dame Lillard. And he literally carried his team all the way to, to the A seed. And by the way, they had that playing game with the Grizzlies, which I thought was pretty dope, too. That playing game, you know, you get a chance. You know, the 8-9 seed has a chance to get into the playoffs. Winner, you know, gets in. I thought that was also a dope concept. Adam Silver and the NBA came up with. Big shout-out to the NBA and the NBA PA for making this happen. That was also a very innovative, must-watch basketball and man, 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 man. Is the NBA the most compelling league just because of the drama that fills this sport? I feel like the drama is more, inter- could be, at times, it's more entertaining than the games itself. Players going back and forth. That's the thing. You don't hear about that in other leagues. You don't see NFL players or MLB players jawing back, back and forth at each other on IG, you know. Talking, you know, talking record like these guys truly go at it and they feel animosity toward one another. I, I'm curious to know what Paul George, if Paul George and Dame Lillard even saw each other after the, uh, after the, after the game, after he dropped 51, like, hey, where you at? You know, I wonder if they saw each other at the cafeteria when they was grabbing lunch. Oh, I want to see what these people say to each other because they do bring it on the internet and. Man, that shit is funny, and I love to watch it. Big shout-out. The NBA drama in the bubble has just been must-see TV. That's for sure. Another thing that did catch my eye also watching the games, man, the Brooklyn Nets are going to be a motherfucking problem. The Nets have been balling. I didn't even think they were going to make the playoffs either, and they literally clinched themselves a playoff spot, and they're literally playing without Kyrie. Without KD, without Spencer Dinwiddie, and Levert's been balling, and they've been winning games without basically their three best players. Are they going to be able to keep it up? Just imagine once they get KD, Kyrie, Spencer Dinwiddie all back. Are they going to be able to be a top team next year? I don't know. I don't. I honestly, I don't. I mean, they are going to be a problem, but that's way too many players. I think they have enough pieces to get a third star just because, because you know, KD's going to need the ball. Uh, Kyrie Irving's going to need the ball. Spencer Dinwiddie can give you 20. Levert, you see, can give you 20 uh, any given night. That's just too many, too many hands to feed. And I think the Brooklyn Nets have a compelling, compelling situation, a great situation to have next year with all those players coming back. And you know what KD and Kyrie... They, they can be very sensitive. They can be very problematic, passive-aggressive. You know, maybe they might ruin the chemistry of the, the, the team they got. Maybe they might make them a, a perennial powerhouse in the upcoming years. That's, that's another team I like to keep my eye on, keep my eye on uh, as, uh, in the future. I think, personally speaking, if I was the Brooklyn Nets, if I was at, first of all, the GM of the Brooklyn Nets deserve a round of applause. First of all, he stole Katie and Kyrie from the New York Knicks. They went... Instead of playing in Madison Square Garden for the most storied franchise in all of sports, they passed them up to go play across the street in Brooklyn, and they and they basically over and then with draft picks 
and the developments of their uh, players with Jared Allen, Spencer Dinwiddie, Gerald Levert. I think that's his name, right? Levert, Gerald Levert. I think that's his name. I know. I know. I, I might. Why am I mistaking him for the singer? I think that's his name. But anyways, beside the point, they're gonna have a great team on paper next year. I think they Levert needs to have his own team next year. Go play with another team. I think they have enough assets if they can get a third star like Bradley Bill to play with them next year. Woo-wee. They are going to be a problem. They're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Watch out for the Brooklyn Nets. Also, the Dallas Mavericks. Luka Doncic is also a problem. That dude is a superstar in the making. I was watching the Dallas Mavericks. I was like, damn, Luka's out there getting 30, 20, and 20. Him and Kristaps Porzingis got a little one-two punch going. If they can get a third reliable star, Dallas can also be a problem. And oh, there's, it's, they're going to be really good. And... To be quite frank, if they can get that third piece, they got a great coach in Rick Carlisle. As they get older, they're going to be a problem in the West. And it had me thinking, because the Atlanta Hawks did draft Luka Dantage and they traded Trey Young. They traded Luka to get Trey. Does maybe the Atlanta Hawks regret making that trade? If they had to do it over again, would they trade... Trey Young, uh, Luka Dantage for Trey Young. Now, don't get me wrong. Trey Young's also an all-star, a great basketball player. He can go out there and get 30 at any time, but Luka Dantage is special. I think he's special. I don't know. if that, I, Me, personally speaking, if I was the Atlanta Hawks, I'd probably want Luka Dantage. But I guess with Trey Young, I think he fits their culture of the Atlanta more so than Luka Dantage did. No, no. And also, I mean, Luka Dantich does have more pieces around him than Trey Young does. But I don't know. Maybe if he revisited that draft and the GM had the same decision to make for what he knows now, would he have traded Luka Dantich away from for Trey Young? That's another. I don't know if he'll, he'll ever tell you the truth, but I think he might, 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 might wish he went back and was like, you know what? I'm going to keep Luka instead. No offense to Trey Young, though. I still would take Trey Young on my squad. But that one, I think they're going to be tied together for, for through their careers. And we're going to see which player is more accomplished. And that's going to be another another storyline to look, look into. But the NBA playoffs are finally set. And we got all the playoff teams. And... With these playoffs, I told you they're going to be the most intriguing this year just because there is literally no favorites in these playoffs. Nobody has home court. Nobody has to go travel on the road. So I think this might be the season that I think a team, a, a, a top seed could be in some trouble just because they're not going to have the luxury of having three home games in a seven-game series. I, I mean, you still have to beat a team four times to advance, but not having the luxury of having home games might work against some of these teams. I honestly think there might be some upsets this year that we normally probably would not have saw if there was if, if we were in the regular NBA playoff environment with the fans in the uh, home court. <sighs> I don't know. The one team, though, I, I, I think a top seed that I – that I think might be in trouble this year. I think I think the Lakers might be in trouble this year. I know the Lakers are the 
the betting favorites to win the betting favorites to win the NBA championship, but I don't, I, 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 I don't know. From what, what I saw the last these last eight games out the Los Angeles Lakers was very underwhelming. They just do not look like they got enough pieces. They have enough pieces to to make a championship run. Because when you think about it, the Los Angeles Lakers for a number one seed have a tough, tough, tough road ahead of them to get to to even get through the West. They might. I, I think. I think Portland might give them more more problems than they they anticipate, because I, and really true. Portland, they were really an eight seed, and were outside of the playoffs. Uh, outside of the playoff picture before the season ended, just because they 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 were injured. They had no Collins. They had no Nurkic. They were injured, and now that they got everybody healthy back. I mean, the other players for the Lakers have to step up just just because it, LeBron and AD aren't going to be enough to go to get through these to get through the West for the Los Angeles Lakers, in my opinion. I don't know. I can see Portland giving them a lot, 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 lot more trouble than they than people give them credit. Because think about it, Portland Blazers got firepower. They're out there giving forty points a game. Dame Lillard's playing with momentum. They still got CJ McCollum. They got Melo. And speaking of Melo, for all you people, all the GMs, that's how I know some of these GMs don't know shit. Because for all you people that said Melo was washed, y'all owe my man's an apology. Every sports writer, every journalist, every analyst who said Carmelo was Anthony was washed up and nobody wanted to sign him. Y'all owe my man Carmelo Anthony an apology. All y'all should send a letter, a tweet. An IG post saying you apologize to Carmelo Anthony because my man still got some juice left. He's still out there giving 16 points, 20 points. And you add that in with Lillard. You add that in with CJ McCollum can still give you buckets. Big Gary Trent out there hitting big shots. Big shout out to the Apple Valley boy, f- fellow Apple Valley star out there getting buckets. He can also go out there and get 20, hit, go six for nine at the three-point line. And then you got bigs like uh, Nurkic and Collins to sit there and kind of rough up Anthony Davis. That might be a tougher series than the Lakers anticipate. And just think if they have to go through that gauntlet of Portland and go go bucket for bucket with Portland, I, I think Portland does have more firepower than the Los Angeles Lakers. They might not play much defense, but they can go put 140 on you. Do the Lakers supporting cast? Not they don't have Avery Bradley. They don't have Rajon Rondo. Do they have enough firepower on their on their team to score with Lillard, McCollum, Melo, Nurkic can still give you sixteen and sixteen three point shooters. They also have Hassan Whiteside. Uh, and Portland's playing with momentum. Lillard's playing with Lillard's playing possessed. He. And let's just say even if Los Angeles Lakers get through Portland, they still then they gotta go see Houston with Westbrook and Harden, who can also and that team Wizard Rockets can also score 140. And then they still gotta go through them. I, I I do think they're gonna beat Oklahoma City, even though Oklahoma City no one gave them a chance to make the playoffs for them to even be a fifth seed after giving trading away Westbrook and trading away Paul George for them to even be a fifth seed is remarkable. I don't know what the hell Oklahoma City's doing. I don't know how they're always good. For somehow they they were good this year, but I'm just gonna assume they're they're gonna be Houston, and then they gotta get through Houston. Now they gotta go possibly against the Los Angeles Clippers. 
Because I know that's the, the series everyone's assuming they got that penciled in. Clippers and Lakers. Man, the Lakers. They, I, I just don't know. I think the Lakers are going to be the top seed. The the one the top seed that gets upset before they even get to the Western Conference Finals. They're gonna exert so much energy trying to beat Portland and Houston. They might not even have enough to even to get to the Clippers. I think in the West the Lakers are in trouble. Uh if they if they're playing the way that they've been playing uh in the bubble, I don't know if they'll be able to get get through. I hope I'm wrong, cause I want the Lakers to win. I want them to do it for my man Kobe, LeBron. Man, you gotta do it. But I just don't know if if what Jr. Uh, Waiters, Caruso, other than AD and LeBron, what else they got to match firepower with these teams in the West? How are they gonna go match up with some of these teams? How are they gonna match up with 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 Kawhi, with PG, with Lou Will, Bev? Shamit, Montrell Harrell, or Montrez Harrell. How are they going to match up with that much firepower? I don't know, man. I, I just, I, I personally, I'm a little bit pessimistic on the on the Lakers. I just do not like their chance. That I don't know how I feel about Frank Vogel. I don't know if he he can out coach Doc. Is he going to be able to out coach D'Antoni in a playoff series? You know, the games are going to slow down. You're not going to have the luxury of your home crowd. To, to, to give you that extra adrenaline. I know these guys are professional basketball players. They don't need any extra inter- extra uh, external motivation. They're going to get up and play just because of the simple fact they're the most competitive beings in, the, uh, in, in, in all of humans. They know how to motivate themselves. I know they're not going to need that, but do the Lakers really have enough to make it out the West? They, I don't know. I know everyone's putting their money down on the Lakers. If I'm... I don't bet, but I know how to. I know my sports. I know if I was a betting man, I'd be rich, but I don't. But if I was to bet, I just don't think the Lakers got enough in the West. I hope I'm wrong though. And also in the East, I also do worry about Milwaukee. I also worry about the Milwaukee Bucks. I don't know if I know them losing. Uh, Brogdon uh, trading them away in the off season. I know they're the best team in they were the best team in the East, but there's a lot of underrated firepower in the East. I don't. That's another team that I I, I could see not making it to the finals either. I don't know if they have enough. Is Giannis going to be able to carry his team through the East? Because the East got a lot of like don't don't sleep don't sleep on the the. Um, the Toronto Raptors, man, they're still winning. Everyone thought they were out of it when they when they lost Kawhi Leonard. They they somehow ended up with the two seed. Don't don't underestimate the Toronto Raptors. And another team, I have my eyes set on in the East. I think I think watch out for Boston, the Boston Celtics, man. I really like the Boston Celtics. Something about the Boston Celtics, just I. I I, I, my personal opinion. I honestly think they can be the favorite. They're gonna come out the East. I think the Boston Celtics are gonna come out the East. That is my bold prediction. I think the Boston Celtics are gonna come out the East because when you look at their team, they got stars all over the place. They got Kemba. Kemba can go out there and give you thirty. Jason Tatum's a superstar in the making. He was out there giving thirty and ten. They got Jalen Brown. 
They got a dog, Marcus Smart, great head coach, and Brad Stevens. I think the Boston Celtics gonna they might come out the East. My my prediction for this bubble, I think it's going to be the Los Angeles Clippers and the Boston Celtics in the NBA championship. Take that to the bank because I honestly think no one's really talking about the Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics have a lot of depth. They have a lot of firepower. I also forgot about Gordon Hayward. People forget Gordon Hayward was an all-star before he joined the Celtics, before he before he broke his ankle. He was he was an all-star with the, the Utah Jazz. They got four players that can out there and give you 20-plus on any given night. Don't think Gordon Hayward can't give you 20. Jalen Brown can give you 20. Tatum can give you 25, 30. Kemba, we know about Kemba. He can score with the best of them. I think that's another team to keep your eye on is the Boston Celtics. Like I said, they've been kind of under the radar. No one has been talking about the Boston Celtics. So if I was a betting man, I would put my money on the Boston Celtics. But because thank God things are getting better. We got NBA playoffs to distract us. Hopefully the, bu- the, the the playoffs are just as good as the, the eight games going into the bubble. Hopefully they can keep this momentum and carry it all the way to the, to the finals. This is going to be arguably the most intriguing, unique season. And the best team is truly going to win this championship this year. The best team. You're going to have to beat a team four times on a neutral site. You might see a lot of six, seven game series. I don't think... Maybe the only sweep I could possibly be seen is like the Bucks playing the Magic or whoever they're playing. I think the Bucks are gonna sweep them. But other than that, all the other series, I can see them going down to six, seven. Clippers, Mavs, that might that's a that that's gonna might be a dog fight. OKC, Houston, you know, there's some ties there with CP3 getting traded to OKC, Westbrook getting traded to Houston. That might be a that's gonna be a dog fight. Uh, the Lakers, Portland, Bla- Trailblazers is going to be a dog fight. There's going to be s- the, the the Nuggets, Jazz is going to be a dog fight. These ain't going to be some easy series, man. These guys, the, no one's going to just be up, go up 2-0, man. These going to be some great basketball. And as we go, hopefully, you know, hopefully, uh, they all. I hope they all go to seven game series. I hope it's like the NHL. The one thing I do like about the NHL, nobody ever gets swept in the NHL. They be going to seven games in every goddamn round. There's always one series in the NHL. They're always going to seven games in every round. Damn near the, the, the Stanley Cup even gets to the, the, the go, goes to game seven. That is another thing to keep an eye on. I hope we get a lot of six, seven game series just because we want to see more basketball. So please nobody, no team get swept. Please don't get swept. I want to see basketball. So I pray for the best. I'm going to be tuned into all the NBA bubble games. I know everyone is. And let's just let's just hope for as many basketball games as we get, at least until we get carried over to September. Uh, hopefully we got something to watch until the... Uh, Hopefully until the NFL season, if that starts. I know they're in camp, but that one worries me at least. Also, baseball, I don't know if that will finish either. But I know the NBA, they ain't got to worry about traveling. Everyone's in the bubble. Everyone gets tested. Everyone knows where they've been. Everybody eating at the same cafeteria, chilling in the same hotel room. I know they allowed them to get some visitors in there. I'm tra- I'm figuring, I'm curious to know. They, they letting the players have some visitors. 
I'm curious to know who they're gonna who they're gonna allow in the uh, bubble. They're gonna let their girlfriends in. They're gonna bring their mamas, their dads, their kids. Oh, that I'm. That's also another thing I'm ir- kind of curious about. Who, which, who are the visitors these players gonna bring? Mm-hmm. That one. That's another storyline I'm gonna follow. Anyway, switching uh, switching sports. Obviously, everyone's heard uh, the college football season might be in jeopardy, and they might not play the games. Uh, I know a couple uh, conferences have already canceled. Their season's already postponed them for the fall or going to try to play in spring, but so far they've canceled the college. Uh, some of the conferences canceled their fall sports, so that also includes football and basketball. I know the Big Ten already said no. My my conference, which is Holmes, the Golden Gophers, my team. And I was looking forward to the Golden Gophers this year, too, because this was arguably the best Gophers football team I've ever possibly have seen on paper. They had Bateman coming back. They were going to be a top top 10, top 15 ranked team, which had a chance to make, make, might make some noise, could possibly make the Rose Bowl. And, of course, in Minnesota fashion, something always does go wrong. And, of course, this year it was the, the, the whole season canceled. So, no Big Ten. The Pac-12 canceled also. And that one's that one was uh, made sense just because the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are intertwined. Just because, every, uh, you know, the, the, the Rose Bowl is played between the Big Ten and the Pac-12. So, obviously, if the Big Ten cancels, the Pac-12 is going to follow suit. And those decisions were easy for those schools just because they're, the presidents that run those conferences are doctors. They're medical doctors. They really couldn't give two shits about football. And it was more of a public health decision more so than a revenue decision. I know the Big 12 is trying to put a season together. Of course, the ACC and the SEC is trying to keep their season alive. And players like Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields have been ha- tweeting, hashtagging, we want to play. And even coaches have been saying, you know, they want they, they should they should play Nick Saban. I know Jim Harbaugh said thing. Even of course the president of the United States, Donald Trump. Of course Donald Trump's gonna say we want college football. Of course he's gonna say we want college football. He's always gonna take the other stance to just to, to stir up the pot. Does he really care about college football? I don't know, but honestly, if I was running a college conference, I would also chalk up the season two just because at least with the NFL and the NBA, those are professional athletes. That's their livelihood. They get paid to do this as opposed to college football. They're technically supposed to be students first, athletes later. They're stu- that's why they're called student athletes, not athlete student. They're student athletes, and they're I guess their sole purpose, as they say, is to be students, and then the sports comes after. In my personal opinion, the NCAA couldn't give two shits about about them these players getting their college degree because when you think about it, the NCAA makes billions and billions off these players, and all they give these players are so quote unquote a free education and free room and board. While these kids get nothing, the coaches make millions, and the schools make billions of dollars off the and off the idea that oh you could go pro, maybe if you paid the players, maybe you might have been able to play college football just because maybe well not all the athletes but if you you know gave them some kind of 
paid bonus or whatever, maybe they'd be more reluctant to try to play the season just because maybe, hey, they're going to make money. Because if the school's going to make billions of dollars, why not the players at least get a piece of that pie? They're getting the crumbs while these play, all the coaches and the schools are getting the whole damn cake. And honestly speaking, I think it was they it was more a business decision because when you think about it, they might lose more money playing in empty arenas and the expenses covered than it would have just to cancel the whole season. And the SEC, obviously, if maybe, you know, the states, if you took your, you know, the wearing a mask more seriously, maybe you might have had college football, but those states that are all in, up in arms about college football being canceled, you listened to the president, you, you, you did what you had to do, and now you're paying the price. And think about it, a lot of these cities, a lot of these states in the South and a lot of, you know, cities in, in states in America, that's college football is all they have because they don't have a professional football team. When you think about it, Alabama, Tuscaloosa, what else do they have beside Alabama football, Auburn football, Iowa, Hawkeyes, you know, Clemson? What else do these schools, do these cities really have beside the college football team? A lot of these teams are the city. They are the city's economy. When you think about the bars, the restaurants, the liquor sales, they all correlate to the football game, the football games, the football team. So I'm curious to see what's going to happen to some of these cities' economies like Tuscaloosa, you know, like Clemson, like uh, Tallahassee, Gainesville, a lot of these schools, a lot of these cities that their economies rely upon these college football programs to keep them afloat from making money. I wonder what's, what's going to be the uh, rippling effect when it comes to uh, no college football for some of these schools, for some of these cities. That's that's just what I think. And even, actually, there was a article that I saw, I think I saw on Twitter, where LSU football team is predicting that they will lose $80 million if it, there's no football. $80 million. Just wrap your finger around that. Just not even all their sports, not all LSU sports, not their basketball, baseball, you know, cross country, whatever sports they have generate eighty million. Just the football team alone is responsible for eighty million dollars in revenue. So that's basically just telling me that the football the players are worth eighty million dollars and not the school because last time I checked that LSU makes their money and their ticket sales off the players. So now if there's no players, how do they make their money? But then again, I, I thought that I thought these schools were educational institutions. Hmm. Is that just what is that is that just another one of their little marketing tactics they use? And even when you think about a lot of college kids that go to these schools, they go to the school strictly for the football team. Like if I was a student at LSU, I would be swayed more to go to LSU if I got accepted because they have a great football team and I want to be part of that environment. I want to be part of the tailgate. I want to be part of the the you know the football atmosphere. If you go to Alabama, if you go to Florida, Clemson, Ohio State, these stadiums. Think about it. These college stadiums hold over a hundred thousand people. They can fit a small. That's basically a whole town, a whole city. That's the whole city of St. Paul in one stadium. A hundred thousand people, or the you know the, the, the whole city of Bloomington. 
Or, you know, just thinking of for my Minnesotans, you know, for all the people that don't know, 100,000 people. Imagine you could put 100,000 people. That's a whole damn city in one stadium. And think about it, Not all ticket prices are equal. So when you can fill up a whole stadium for one, just a football team. And when you think about it, the football team pays for a lot of these other programs. A lot of the other sports can function and can operate because the football teams for these schools make so much money. They basically pay for the uh, for the other sports to to operate. So this is my take on it. That's I think the whole college football dynamics might be in trouble, and I think the coronavirus exposed the college the NCAA for the greedy greedy corporation that they are. That they that that they make so much money off these college players and give them nothing, and now that you're not able to make money, now that college football might not happen, you're starting to be exposed more than the greedy people, the greedy mfs that they are. So that that's gonna be interesting to see moving forward. If there is no college football season, is there maybe gonna be a uh, a semi pro or a pro? Uh, you know, minor league, pro college, you know, football for these amateurs. Instead of hey, you don't, you don't have to go play college football. You know, we'll, we'll start a league where you know you can play in our uh, minor league and get paid. You know, get paid, and you can do that until you go are eligible to declare for the draft. So that's also something you, we could possibly see moving future, uh, moving forward. Knowing what this call with, with no with no professional with no college. Football, will there be, moving forward, a minor league for some of these top recruits, top high school players to go play, make money, support their family at the same time? After the three years are up, they're eligible to enter the draft. I think you college football, instead of being so goddamn greedy, hey, maybe give a piece to the college to the players, maybe if you woulda just actually cared about the these players instead of the money, you wouldn't be put in the situation that you are. Just because, and I know they're not just doing this for the sake of the kids. They don't want the liability on their heads. They don't want to be like, oh, the spread of coronavirus was our fault. Oh, oh, the players got corona. Oh, they if there is an outbreak of corona and there's no football and let's say they got it on campus, at least these the, the presidents were like, hey, they ain't get coronavirus from football, so it's definitely not our fault. That's all the reason for all this foolishness. And some might say that, hey, they're better off playing football just because they'll be in a closed environment. They'll be monitored and supervised at all times. They will, you know, get tested frequently. I I can see where you can make that argument just because these kids are still going to be on campus. They're still students at the end of the day, and they're not just going to be sitting in their dorm room, rooms and taking classes on Zoom. They're going to be hanging out with other college students, and that I can also give a possibility where it could outbreak that way. So we'll just see how this fall goes. And uh, let's just hope for the best, pray for the best. But NCAA football, you're going to have to take this L. NCAA, uh, National Collegiate something association, athletic association, you frauds. I'm glad you were exposed for the criminal organization that you guys are. Anyways, I had, I, I've had enough about, about NCAA 
Anyways, let me know what you think. You can also follow me on Twitter, Just Being Aaron. Also follow me on IG, Just Being Aaron. Remember, you can stream me on all platforms. I'm available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Stream me straight from the Anchor app. You can also subscribe to my YouTube channel, BN Technical Podcast, to listen to previous episodes. Anyways, I had enough time for today. All right, you know what? I'm leaving. I'm leaving. Don't worry. See, I, you see, I'm leaving. Anyways, that's my time. I'm out. Said if I die today, know what I tried to say. And if my grandma isn't straight, that shit's a tragedy. I see them hunting niggas down there causing casualties. This hell on earth, it ain't no place to raise a family. I pray the Lord I see, I pray my soul to keep Say my three prayers every night before I go to sleep I know I'm never gonna get what isn't supposed to be But I need changes in my life, devil too close to me Devil too close to me, devil too close to me I see my enemies turn friendly and get close to me I see they movement from a distance, they approach me I don't trust nobody, the burner make them toast to me Used to get blessings from my grandma before I leave out for my day She the reason that I'm I'm here, no any day could be my day Countless nights had situations that ain't almost go my way I'm still standing by my mission, I'ma do this shit my way Remember laying on my deathbed I couldn't speak, my body bleeding, I was restless They stuffed them tubes down through my throat cause I was breathless My mama never left my side, she was my best friend I seen the tears run out her eyes and it was endless Ain't had no fear up in my heart, my soul was stressless He done blessed me with a chance when I was helpless I promise I will never lose and I forget this Remember me said if I die today, know what I try to say And if my grandma isn't straight, that shit's a tragedy I see them hunting niggas down there causing casualties This hell on earth, it ain't no place to raise a family I pray the Lord I see, I pray my soul to keep Say my three prayers every night before I go to sleep I know I'm never gonna get what isn't supposed to be But I need changes in my life, devil too close to me Said I need changes in my life, no I need changes So many people around me but they feel like strangers Don't get too close to me, you know I get anxious I seen the devil, I hope God sent me some angels We in a crisis, walk outside and feel like we at war My block is ISIS, turn the TV on them bodies dropping We can't fight this, I survived the day but we don't treat it like it's priceless When we at them funerals, the only time we righteous Yeah I need blessings on me I know many niggas want their weapons on me I know I've been paranoid, I watch them closely But I just heard my nigga got shot by his homie Damn, that shit so cold to me Can't nobody tell me nothing, my hood still got hope in me I just want my millions, don't want nobody to notice me No killer, but no nigga getting close to me Said if I die today, know what I try to say Straight, that shit's a tragedy I see them hunting niggas down there causing casualties This hell on earth, it ain't no place to raise a family I pray the Lord I see, I pray my soul to keep Say my three prayers every night before I go to sleep I know I'm never gonna get what isn't supposed to be But I need changes in my life, devil too close to me